Waffle On Podcast. Hello and welcome to this month's edition of Waffle On Podcast, a bumper edition episode for you lovely listeners. It's a double feature and we are covering Callum and the Equaliser. Yes, it's an Edward Woodward super edition. But first though, welcoming back in the flesh, and I do mean that literally, Mr. Mark C. Kelly. Hello, hello, hello. I'm rather uh, demasculated because I've been married, but I'll... Um, no, I thought okay, because that you came down the stairs here in uh, Secondary Waffle Towers with your Mexican wrestler's yes. mask on. Yes, but not the full outfit that I was telling you about. <laughs> that only can be told between me and you because my wife would kill me. Indeed, and I'm not going to talk about that in, but I'm sure you can imagine, and that's all you need to do. Uh, my name is Simon Meddings. Uh, well, last month uh, we gave you two episodes of Waffle On. Uh, we had the Rick Mail and Adrian Edmondson one, which of course we recorded before you got married, got married over yeah. Skype, and a bonus Halloween show with the ladies from the wonderful Anomaly podcast. So a massive shout out there to Jen and Angela. Thank you for doing that. Which is just uh, typical, though, isn't it? The one where I would be the expert on. Uh, you I were, weren't there. You <laughs> were really sorely missed. I, I know Jen and Angela turned around and said they couldn't believe the fact that you weren't there because it was all to do with zombies. Somehow, I don't think he was doing it over Skype in Mexico. My wife would have been very happy. Though. I was amazed that you actually <laughs> Facebooked at one point <laughs> in annual uh, uh We also have a couple of shout-outs. So these go out to all the people who have thanked us on uh, Facebook or have been involved with us over the past month or so. We've got... Um, Michelle Lamberia, I hope I said your name right. Your sister did, uh, did tell me how to say it. Adil Thomas, Ian Todd. Uh, I should point out, Ian, uh, we did the On Choose podcast with Ian. And I've turned up twice since on his show. Uh, we d- I did the John Pertwee special uh, for, for Ian, uh, which actually ended up into a two-hour mamble. So we had to cut it into two podcasts, which just about says something about, about yeah. me, really. He's a very active Facebooker, isn't he? He is, he's, indeed. He's always, I know, I like the way... See, he does what Facebook should be about in my about being positive. Yeah. About talking about things that are cool and funny. Not being smacking anyone off, but that's a different podcast altogether. Oh, no, I totally agree, and I think you're right. That Facebook has become a, a place for people's um, bitchy opinions on really stuff that is not important in life. A little bit of a political statement every now and again is fine, but not a rant about it. Or, or please, you know... Have some taste in, in music. Yeah. Or just commenting on, on people's things that you don't know. I would oh. never... When would you ever do that in the real world? Does someone talk to you over here? I mean, you jump in and say something. You, you get a punch, you get yeah. punch in the face. But and that's why people do it online. That's what... Exactly. <laughs> uh, other shout-outs go to Patrick Stratford, uh, John Bunyan, Ian McKenzie, and Nev Kelly. What a wicked name. There's uh, brilliant Nev names in there. Nev, Nev Kelly. Kelly. And someone called Bunyan. John Bunyan, yeah. And uh, also, uh, we're going to shout-out to the guys that we met uh, 
at the Podcasters Meetup. Yeah. Uh, Darren Roy, Anthony James, and Ian Blundell from the Scuttercast, Daniel Vieira from the Out of Range Podcast, and Dan Hughes from the Lee and Dan's Midnight Movie Club. That was a good night out. Really. It was a good night out, it, we, because we were quite, we were, let's be honest with you, we were nervous about it, weren't we? I think, yeah, I think everyone's a little bit nervous about people that you've only known online, <laughs> yeah. and suddenly you're going to be face-to-face with them. And it's all very well chatting on email about what you're like. Well, yeah, you know, when I think about it, it's like, when you actually think about it, I was talking to my wife about this, saying, it's a really odd situation, you know, just meeting up with people, and it's like you're being groomed. <laughs> really? But, 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 see, the thing that made it weird was we were in a pub that was even more weird. <laughs> <laughs> so it took made that look quite normal that you just that six six blokes talking, like seven blokes talking, never spoke because you're in such a weird place. Yeah, and yeah. it made it quite normal. He was a good. He was saying it's a really good laugh, and I still maintain that Avatar. Oh no, it's not game. <laughs> <laughs> That's for the uh, the lads uh, that we met there. But great to meet you guys, and uh, looking forward to next year's meetup. So, oh, also, uh, also, I uh, need a quick shout out because I did promise. Um, to a new author out there called Mimi Black uh, you can find her on Facebook just type in her name it's an unusual name um, she's uh, just published her first book called Bartholomew I bought it because I like to support new authors fantastic book really is a good read and it only costs something like three quid yeah. you cannot cannot turn that down so please do support uh, Mimi Black you can find her as well on Twitter uh, great stuff so Cal um, we're going to do two episodes today we're going to do Callan and the equaliser and both of these star Iwa Wuwa Iwa Wuwa the legend that is Edward Woodward born Edward Albert Arthur Woodward classic English name sir it is and you're going to explain why we called him Iwa Wuwa <laughs> yeah it is because if you take all the D's out of his name <laughs> that's what you get it's, it's a, an old joke it's an old school, joke but we all call him <laughs> Iwa Wuwa Iwa Wuwa <laughs> He's a, he's a fantastic guy. He was born in Croydon, Surrey, uh, in England, um, and uh, sadly on the 1st of June 1930, and sadly passed away on the 16th of November 2009. Uh, he was married twice to Venetia Bat and to Michelle Dutrice. Michelle Dutrice, otherwise known as... Oh, uh, it's... You're one of your all-time favourite comedies from the 70s. Yeah, it's... And uh, one of my wife's all-time favourite comedies from the 70s. Is it Man of... Uh, bless His House? Nope. No. Man about the house. Nope. What one? Some mothers do have. Some mothers do. She played Betty. Betty. I, I knew it was one of them three. I couldn't remember who it was. I was like, oh. Now before we go into the two series, um, let's just talk a little bit about Edward Woodward's other films. Most well known for playing uh, Breaking Moran, the Australian classic Australian. It's film, a great film. A fantastic. And you know, it's a, there's a brilliant bit in that film, and uh, it, it was a bit of improv, and it's an, you know, you know the bit at the end where they're walking away to be shot, where they're walking away to be shot at the end for doing whatever they did. Mm. He, Edward Woodward's idea was to hold his hand, and he brought that in. That, so when he's walking around, oh. he holds his hand. And that's a really, that's it's a really touchy thing because the point is, he was saying that how tough they were because they were tough people. They were, oh, damn right, yeah. but and they did do horrible bloody things, but they were ordered to do it. And it was like, well, we are people as well. And that that bit was mm. from Edward Woodward. which, of course, yeah, I mean, that's actually really poignant because you say, although there's no excuse for people's actions no, being no, ordered, no, 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 anyone who's what I don't know if you've been caught, catching up on the Darren Brown programs, the experiments that he's been doing. Did you see the one that was with the? Uh, I've only saw the first two. Oh, right, I think it was the second one. Actually, the one with the masks, with oh. making the guy, and it's, it's gang culture of 
if you're yeah. faceless, then you will do the actions. Basically, it's, what, it's, it's not defending, of course, at all, but it's saying why large armies do such a devotion because you're almost faceless. That's what a uniform is all about, wearing a, you know, a, a, well, I was going to say, yeah. gray uniforms, obviously, I was going to... Yeah. Not the way in the riots, with uh, a lot of chaps and stuff, with hoodies yeah, and whatever, cool, because they put that hood on, no one knows yeah, it, you. Do, you are different, there's yeah. no doubt. It's just that all idiots, and of course, they forgot about CCTV cameras. <laughs> yes. Ha, ha, ha. Also, of course, one of his most well-known films is also one of your favourite horror uh, films. The Wicker, the Wicker Man. How, uh, well, horror thriller films, maybe. Uh, it, yeah, it, to me, it's it's its own thing. Mm. I call it a folk movie. To me, it's folk. Yeah. It's about people, mm-hmm. old people. And he's amazing in that film. Yeah. I don't think he was ever better in that film because he was so believable. Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, I, I always have a little. I know bit you're. Slight... You're, up, you're, well, you're. The thing is, I mean, I, I am a huge. I mean, I'm a massive Edward Woodard fan. I, I, I love everything he does. And I also like his. I don't. I don't know any. I think he has, he has a fantastic musical voice. Should be mentioned that he has albums out. We, I mean, we are going to play one song right at the very end. Um, it's just a beautiful tenor voice. Really, really no, beautiful. A tenor, yeah. uh, absolutely amazing. The thing is with the Wicker Man, and I think it is beautifully shot so well acted as you say Edward Woodward is superb it's easy, I have a bit of an issue with his Scottish accent but that's not you know, that's, I, like I, I, that's not here nor there I can't do one so I don't see why I should um, uh, this is not that Christopher Lee again he's superb in it but when he's Christopher Lee really not crap um there's just something about it that makes me feel uneasy. But maybe that's the point. No, I, I always think there's this thing with films. You have um, you have a logical why you like things. Like Star Wars, you can say to people why you like Star Wars. Because I like the ships, I like the bloody blah, 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 blah. And then you have ones where you don't know why you like it. And the <laughs> same with not liking things. Sometimes I can think, oh, I should like that. Like me, Blues Brothers. Yes, I see what you mean. You know, yeah. I like everything about the Blues Brothers, mm. but every time I watch it, it leaves me cold. Yeah. And I don't know why. I, I think I'm also the same a little bit. I know we've had this conversation many a time before, and I know that we end up winding each other mm. about it. I'm the same with that when I talk about Apocalypse now. Yeah, and I know why I say it's because I think Marlon Brando is crapping it. Look, I know he's not crapping yeah, it. Isn't I know it? that. I just think he was overly paid for yeah, what yeah, he yeah. does in it. And I know that everything about that film, it's got Martin yeah. Sheen, it's got Robert Duvall, it's got Marlon Brando, it's directed by Francis Ford Coppola, <laughs> it's got the most amazing soundtrack, beautiful scenery, and I love the making of documentary done by his wife, yeah. Elena Coppola, called Hearts of Darkness, which is available around. Yeah. But there's some reason I end up watching it, and I know, and the thing is, it irritates me, because I think I really should love this, no, and for some reason I don't. But then again, as I said to you, I've just bought that, that beautiful box set, and I am going to sit down. I need I need an evening on my own, and sit down and to see again if I if what on my things up. Maybe they've changed. Yeah, but it's, it's it's like art, isn't it? When you mm. when you walk round, say if you walk round a gallery, you can see a picture. You know they're all good. Mm. You wouldn't be in a gallery if it weren't. If, <laughs> yeah. But some you can feel. You know, oh, I love that, and you want to look at it. And some you walk past and it's crap, and it could be yeah. the same artist. I think, I think modern art is like that, isn't it? Yeah, you think it's like, me. How can someone find it on my bed? Art should be about it? feeling, and if mm. you don't. Feel it, or you feel like you're, for, you know, you're forcing yourself to watch Igmar Bergman. Mm. Right? Went to film school. Oh, great! You know, and what do you think of it? The only thing I know is from Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Right? <laughs> yeah. So I thought, oh, I watch this about the night and the <laughs> night and death. My God! Oh, so you're the death playing chairs. Your your first I, thing of that is Bill and Ted's. I thought, oh, okay. it, you know, it can't be that much of a parody because uh, my God, <laughs> it was slowly. It was like having. It was like having, um, I don't know, like dental surgery. surgery. I I thought, 
Yeah, shot beautifully. Mm. Very metaphysical. It's got a lot of points about philosophy. But my God, did it leave me cold? Do you know? Do you know? I think he's, he's a bit like that now. Uh, modern day director is the one who did the Thin Red Line. Saint Terence Malick. Terence Malick. Beautifully it, shot. There's no but... doubt. He's he's a. Ge- oh, he does a knife film. Oh, right? it's beautiful. But would I rather watch that or would I rather watch a Quentin yeah. Tarantino film? <laughs> yeah, and, exactly. and then and then and, and, and I'm being. Yeah. You know what I love? It's like. I'm watching that brilliant thing at the moment about the history of film and Sp- Sp- Spielberg's on there and he was talking said when he was growing up everyone was into European cinema mm. oh you've got to be into Trafant and John Paul Goddard and all these people Fellini and he was like well no I like Sam Peckinpah mm. I like American directors and mm. I thought yeah you shouldn't be embarrassed to what you like no of course not uh, whether you like it or you don't like it you've just got to be honest enough to say it like yeah. you're saying about Apocalypse Now if you don't like it you don't like it you shouldn't force yeah. well it's the best movie ever made I think it's the best movie ever made but it might not be to you the best movie ever made no of course not you know, it's, it's like yeah exactly he's a waffle the Wicker Man but, no, I mean, <laughs> yeah. but Edward Woodward in there I mean the last scene as well where he's locked in there he's saying oh god no you know he's just beautifully shot and he, but what makes it more disturbing of course is the fact that Harry is about to die in there yet they're all dancing around happy yeah. and quite clear there's drugs involved now. but I mean I'd love to I mean I, I remember that thing that Mark Camot took uh, Edward Woodward was it Edward? They took Edward back. Did back? There's a festival then. The yeah, yeah, yeah. Festival and he went there. there, and I was thinking, oh, and that's when I first realised he's actually starting to get quite old. But he's done, he, you know, he's done so many stage plays and so much Shakespeare. Uh, Shakespeare, and he's done theatre. Yeah. I say he's done those records, and he also did a, a thing called Common as Muck, which is a later TV series. Oh yeah, was that the one with I really loved. And he was in Hot Fuzz as well. He was in Hot Fuzz. Was that his last? No, his last film, which I don't have here because we didn't, I didn't do a massive. Um, he looked uh, quite. He looked, he looked quite old in that, though, didn't he? Yeah, I mean, he he did. His last film was playing a reverend, father, something in an indip- small independent British film that he, he lent himself to. His last thing was EastEnders. He did six episodes of EastEnders just as a guest star because he loved the loved the program from the early eighties, and he looked very ill. He, he looked very ill, and, he, and sadly, he died. I think he died of a heart attack mixed with uh, pneumonia, I think. He was a heavy drinker drink in the 70s. He was a heavy, heavy drinker yeah. in the 70s, and he was a big, big, big smoker, which, which I mean, we'll talk about what happened with the yeah. equalizers we yeah, get yeah. there. So, we're going to concentrate on two of his most well-known programs. One, uh, both of these I absolutely adore. Um, my first one, the first one we're going to talk about, is Callan, and what do we always do, Cal? We play the theme tune. Iconic theme tune. It's not iconic, is it? It's it, it's it's like that. It's well known, but if you ask hundred people in the street, mm. how many people would get it? No. Do you think Do you think it works more visually than audio? Exactly. It goes. Because, it goes with the, the I don't know the griminess of the yeah. Because it's a very I don't know if you're going to go into this, but it's a very sort of dirty program. That's what I always felt about it. I know yeah. you had they have dirty character in it, but the whole. <laughs> 
the whole thing in it because I used to watch them in them old videos that you had and they were all a bit yeah. crappy so that and I think it, it, it goes with it because it's not bombastic is it no it's not professionals it's no. not you know it's not Sherlock Holmes is, is the Brett, Jeremy Brett it's not all <laughs> that is it it's not you think oh straight away I know what that is no the theme tune does does convey the almost slowness the well thought outness of it I mean basically what happens when you hear that theme tune is there is a, a light a light bulb yeah. swinging backwards and forwards and it cuts to Edward Woodward who plays a character called David Callan watching the light bulb going backwards and forwards and suddenly the, the, the light bulb explodes with a gunshot and then it cuts to a mirror image of his face with a bullet hole through his forehead that really does say exactly what Callan is always about obviously made in the UK there was uh, four series of Callan a uh, total of 44 episodes. Uh, it originally ran from the 8th of July 1967 to the 24th of August 1972. Um, the main characters in this was David Callan, was played by Edward Woodward. He um, has a friend who we should call, who's played by the brilliant Russell Hunter. It's the oddest, oddest friendship I've got to think of because, you know, you always thought, you obviously don't like him. Well, but he lo- does, doesn't he? Yeah, Lonely, the character's called Lonely. He's called Lonely because he has a rather bad body odour problem. Uh, when, he, when he gets nervous, he sweats yeah. and he, he, he does smell. And Callan is always taking the piss out of him, but he always sticks up for him. The amount of times Callan's beat somebody up or sorted someone yeah, out. Yeah, because of that. Yeah, and has lost his temper because someone's in. But Lonely can get him anything he wants. He's the man on the street. Uh, and he actually met Lonely in prison the character did uh, when he got sent down he's his huggy bear for the Americans without being a pimp now we also get there was actually a film the Callan the movie as well which was made in uh, around about 74 oh I really love the movie I do. and we're actually going to play the theme yeah, tune I really love the movie, to right? the end th- title theme tune that, at the very end of the programme I just think it's such a time of Britain it just looks the way there's Range Rovers in it and it's a white Range Rover with black tinted yeah yeah it's so it's so seven and before I'm not even looking at this but do you remember the, the now we should say the film is actually a remake of the pilot episode that was done for the armchair theatre we'll talk about in a minute but do you remember the gun that he had to get uh, now I'm not looking at this so I want to see if you get it before I get it I remember it oh it's um, <laughs> uh, I can't remember Noguchi Magnum 457 oh, yeah, that was a Magnum. <laughs> yeah that's, what, that's what it's all about isn't so, it um, one of the agents for uh, that works with uh, Callan is called Toby Mears and uh, that was played by Peter Bowles Anthony Valentine who we're going to get to meet at the weekend and Peter Egan who we're also going to get to oh, meet no. at the, uh, the weekend uh, Hunter the head of the section was played by various of people uh, Ronald Rad, uh, Michael Goodlife Derek Bond William Squire and Eric Porter in the film Cross was played by Patrick Mower. Liz's Hunter, uh, sorry, Liz Hunter's secretary was played by Judy Champ, Lisa Langdon, and Veronica Lang. And finally, Snell was played uh, by Clifford Rose in both the film and the TV series. So, the series was actually created by uh, author James Mitchell for the Armchair Theatre series. He, was, he wrote a book uh, called Magnum for Schneider. And it's basically all about this guy called Callan. Now, we're not going to go into detail of all the episodes because we'd just be here too long. But basically, Callan was um, a uh, born in Croydon around uh, about 1930-ish, I think, 31. So he was uh, Woodward's actual age. Uh, went in the army, did quite well in the army, but battered a sergeant. So he was demoted, then came out and did petty crime. Uh, he was actually arrested for robbing a safe and got caught 
only because of the fact that this guy came in and, and Callum refused to kill him. He could have killed him and got away, but didn't. He got sent down to prison, and that's where he met Lonely. When he comes out of prison, Hunter, part of this section that no one knows what they are, hires him um, to become his um, his main killer, basically. And throughout the 44 episodes, now what make Callum is basically sent on each job and he either has to, you know, obtain plans. It's the classic thing of a it's 60s, classic isn't thing. it? But what made Callum different was the fact that Callum wanted to know the reason why he was going to kill these people. As people like Mears and Cross, they'd just go out there and do it. That was their job. They'd go out and kill someone. Callum would, would get emotionally involved in the missions he was meant to do and on one episode he actually fell in love with a woman that was there and he had, she had, he had to kill her partner I mean, because he was too involved in it he nearly mm. screwed it all up and I think the thing with Callan is that he really does you know show emotion and show Woodward's acting in it I think it's brilliant I think it's just, and it's one of the things that, that they brought them out on DVD and I had the videos right and there was a couple of episodes on each one they didn't bring out an awful lot then they brought out a box set not long ago which stated that this was series one and only in colour no they weren't because the first series yeah. of uh, a couple of series of Callum was actually in black and white now Network 7 not Network 7 it's a Network DVD have just brought out what's the, what they call the monochrome years and they say that what's on their DVD package is the surviving episodes of Callum oh no it isn't no what because right. I have all near on all the episodes right of Callan on DVD. Yeah, uh, there's a couple missing. I think there's two missing, and there's about ten they've not on that DVD network. Uh, now I emailed them and said, look, I, I have them. I bought them on eBay on a, on, a, on a DVD called The Red File Diaries, and okay, admittedly the quality is not great. They're actually filmed from another from a screen. You know, as you do the copy, and they used to actually put a camera yeah, in front yeah. of a monitor and record it from it. So you get some of the lines coming up there. But if they're saying that you can't find these anywhere, yeah. then it doesn't matter if the quality's crap. People are still going to want them. And what did they say to you? They didn't even bother replying. Do you know, <laughs> same kind of thing happened to me, really. It's like the Nat Nirvana box set that came out five years ago. Hmm. Courtney Lovers on the radio saying, this is everything, everything ever from fans all around the world. There's nothing more. I've got two records that ain't on there. Oh, really? On bootlegs, yeah. One called uh, Endless and Nameless, that's like, not on nothing. And another called the, um, the Song Remains, and that's another one that and it ain't on it. And I, Emma said you should have sent that. Mm. And I thought, well, no. No. Fuck them. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, no, exactly. I mean, I, I thought, whether they knew that they're not there, and I thought, oh, bollocks, what, <laughs> bollocks, what are we going to do? Um, but the fact is, they're advertising that this is the actual complete collection. That's uh, the worst thing, isn't thing. it? Yeah, I mean, at least stuff like To Entertain, who do all the Doctor Who DVDs. We know that there's a load of Doctor Who films that have been wiped by the yeah. BBC. We accept that, because we know that's the that's truth. That's the way it is. When I mean, you know that you've got them, yeah. and there's a lot there. And as I say, okay, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I must admit, I did sit down and watch them, and I struggled to watch them, because the quality was pretty that, bad. Yeah. But... People will pay for them to have them, to know that they've got the best that they could possibly have. And I'm sure with the technology they could do today, they could clean that up, the obviously dust in the fuzziness of it all. But there you go. Anyway, they've also bought out a, um, the, 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 the colour series, the colour edition they bought out, um, which is quite expensive, but it's all the, all the episodes that are available, which is all of them. Uh, have, they been, have they touched them up as well, or they're just transfers? Yeah, they're, they're nice. No, they are nice. They are nice. Uh, they are transfer overs, but they are, but they are done well. Yeah, done I, mean, well. I mean, even the monochrome years, when you put them on TV, they look great. They do yeah. look pretty good. Now, there was a spin-up. Well, they're not a spin-up, but there was a, um, a comeback back in the early 80s called The Wet Job, a one-off uh, play for Channel 4 um, which is weird watching it it's, sorry, it's a 1981 yeah, it's weird watching it because 
<laughs> it looks like a bad play. Yeah, he really does. And Edward Wood's got massive glasses on, so it does look like. It's, I mean, he, he's aged pretty quite a bit throughout that, really, from the from the early seventies to to that. But you know, it's it's not it's not too bad. It's all right. But considering how good the yeah. the original series was, it was brilliant. I mean, I, there's one episode stands out for that, which is the reason why Callan ends up uh, being put into um, a folders. And we should point out that. Uh, the people that Callan works for, they have a, a, a folder issue, so that you know it's a bit like easy dangerous. He's in a certain colour folder, and these colours are the blue file. These are for members of the categorised rung party. Mm-hmm. So presumably that means if you're a communist, a socialist, or something like that. Yeah, you know? yeah, well, yeah. Because bear in mind, this is 1967 to 1970, early 1970s. So there was a lot of the Russian Cold War. Going yeah, around. yeah, well, it's and then, it's Cold War. Yeah, time, there is a, there is an episode of that where they they sneak a guy out. In a petrol tanker, if you remember that, and he gets a light of cigarette and saying, "Are you going to blow us a lot?" And Callan has to kill him, and he nearly endangers, loaned his life for that as well. Great episode. And the yellow file is uh, for a subject under occasional surveillance. Bit of a jump to the next one. I know. The red file for dangerous targets are the most urgent priority, marked for death. I know. There's no middle going there, is there? There's none, is there really? Um, do you think anything is inspired from Callan? Yeah, well, yeah, no, I think there's a bit of professionals in there as well, isn't there? Because, you know, the original professionals, not if you talk about the professionals, the original series, when it was all about the Cold War, mm. they were killers. Yeah. You know, they were, and a bit of James Bond. Yeah. Well, I, I know we come after it, but I think, I think you know... That only a couple of years. Only right? a couple of years. And, the look, you know, the way he was a killer, because people forget with Bond, like, he's a killer... He's not an He's not this old. What I can't stand when people call him a spy. He's not a spy. Hmm. A spy. He's maybe the worst spy in the world, Jan Bond. Everyone knows who he was, but he's, a, he's an assassin. Well, that's why The Man with the Golden Gun is such a good film, because yeah. as it turns out, we are equals. Yeah. You know, it's just that like, I get paid for it. That's what Daniel Craig's bought back in it, mm. that he will well, kill. I know too much is in quant- a bloody question of sport, but. Yeah. <laughs> but he was just going around killing people for willy nilly. But in that, in Casino Royale, he was a killer. Yeah, I mean, I always say you go back and look at the early Connery ones. You know, there's episodes where he's just sitting there with a bottle of vodka next to him waiting to shoot somebody. This is why he drinks so much because he's got a horrible job. Yeah, and well, and that's the exact same thing with Callan. Yeah. Callan does have a drink problem, and he better. And now, nowadays, that's a very cliche thing to have. The detective who's divorced from his wife and all that, and he's got a drink problem. You know, this is original stuff. There was no real, you know, Callum wasn't married or anything like that. He, in fact, he was like a petty, a petty thing. The film, um, which, which I, again, I know we've seen it before, um, has a, who's, who's the actor in that now? Uh, Eric Porter plays Hunter. Yeah. That's a Kenneth, film. um, oh, I can see him. He's a Welsh actor and recently passed away. He was in Four Winds and a Fuel. Anyway, he was also in The Prisoner along with Eric Porter. Now, when you think about it, The Prisoner. McGowan's character could very much be someone who worked for the same firm as Callan yeah. because you never know where he, he just resigns from something and you don't know why and they've sent him to this place so th- there's a lot of connections when you think about it and yeah okay you've got other ITC productions I mean this was an ATV but I mean like the Champions and Department yeah. S and all this yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. stuff where they're, they're all in secret organisations now the film of Callan which is we said we, we both love and we, we, I had that on video if you remember and yeah that's I remember I remember watching that yeah, like, yeah. it sounds really good um, that is that is just brilliant one I love the end music to that and I remember taping that and putting it on my, on my Walkman Ooh, oh, yeah. no it's quite tense because I like the bit where he's playing the, the uh, with the soldiers with him yeah but he's got to steal the gun off and he's like it's not really really tense scene yeah, yeah, yeah. where he's trying to work out how he's going to get that gun 
Yeah, and doing the, when he packs him down, he tends to fall down and yeah, yeah. he's packed down. Just great. And as I say, I love the Range Rover in that white Range Rover. Yeah, yeah. Early 70s Range Rover with black tinted glasses. And that's when he just shoots. And also, when he does that classic, he's doing his fist in the sand yeah, yeah, to yeah. make it harder. And he batters that blow, but he just does the massive karate shot. And it's slowed down. And there's that blue tint all over it. And it's yeah. like quite... You don't get enough karate chops in things anymore, do you? Who was the last person who used to do karate chops? Probably Kirk. Kirk, yeah, yeah. yeah. He can't be a good karate or chop. Or the double fist on the back. The double fist on the back, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, that's Callan. Uh, if you... If you I, I can't recommend any more than going to find at least the movie, because the film I, is... is, a, is not I'd say, if I was saying for someone for me who's not British, uh, mm. if you were... Uh, why getting in? I'd say it's the film. Yeah, it's got a bit bigger budget. It's, mm. it's filmed a bit better. There's no doubt it's filmed a bit better, isn't it? There's something quite quaint as well about seeing. Uh, I mean, I know we're going to talk about this with the Eclos, but I mean, there's something quite quaint seeing London in the early 1970s. The way that the the London Docklands was, yeah, yeah. is grimy and, and it looks rough. And it looks because rough, people, yeah. you know, um, people forget that it was rough. It's, people forget London. It, 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 it was a horrible place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, uh, that was something in my breath <laughs> I think everyone got the opinion <laughs> yeah. but no but then especially like all cities in Britain mm, there yeah. were horrible places yeah. they were run down like we come you know Birmingham now if you've been to people go it's really nice now it's under that but it was horrible no we weren't we, we were growing up it was really horrible weren't it exactly And but there's a, as I said there's a certain romantic image of London there and it's a bit like what we're going to talk about now in the next TV series that I find New York in the mid 80s and the early 80s really romantic even though it looks like the most horrible dangerous, dangerous place, place to be and of course we're now going to talk about the equaliser okay, what do we do? we sing the theme tune we sing the theme yeah. tune You know, there's an extended version of that that goes on for about six minutes. Oh, yeah. you, know, you know, you get the you know the beginning of the one you just play, you get that, yeah. yeah. and you got the image of the top screen with the with the the the, the uh, we don't call it the tube, do they? They call it the um, the underground school uh, in New York, the uh, subway. Subway. You got the subway system. You got the bloke there, and there's a woman on the tube. If you notice, there's another woman on there. So what's she doing there? Weird. And then the person in the lift and the guy with the dodgy moustache does the stroke of the nose, and the knife comes out, and and you see Woodward coming out of the shadows, yeah. and he's got the Jaguar, and the smoke comes in, all that. In the extended version of that, instead of getting it, you get that, and it's like oh, that's killing them. Don't like it, Stuart Copeland from the police. Well, I think in the in the eighties, no doubt, bloody American TV is what we grew up on. All the theme shoes are bloody fantastic, weren't oh, they? they, are, they you, are, you know, yeah. and you had not Night Rider in there. Well, they're just bloody brilliant, weren't they? But this one is a classic. Wrote, of course, by Stuart Copeland of the Police. Which right. I mean, we'll talk about it here a little bit later on. But that extended version is called, if you put it on YouTube, the Equalizer. Equalizer is. 
<laughs> so uh, the Equalizer, okay, created by Michael Sloan, Richard Lindheim, uh, starred of course Woodward, Robert Lanzig, and Keith Zalabajaka. Sorry, there's no way I was going to be able to pronounce that. Well, not we'll be listening. So uh, about it. <laughs> uh, again, number of seasons uh, or series uh, four. So they're exactly the same as the, as the Callan, but of course there was only 44 episodes of Callan. The Equalizer, there was 88. 88. Yeah, no, 88 episodes. 88 episodes. Uh, we're in Time 60 Minutes, uh, broadcast on CBS from September the 18th, 1985 to August the 24th, 1989, and I saw every single yeah. one. This was the thing you were really, really big on. I the, loved um, it. I, yeah, it is. And my dad now looks like... Yeah, it does. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a yeah. <laughs> And I remember our music teacher? I just got a cockshot. He was a spitting image of him. Although yeah. I saw a picture of him on Facebook. Yeah, he doesn't, doesn't, know. doesn't know. <laughs> For some reason, and I, I can't remember what his name. Um, so I'm going to read this out because I think it's quite quite interesting what we, we got down here. Um, the series stars Edward Woodward as Robert McCall, a former secret agent. Now this could be Callan. Exactly. Well, I always assumed it was just Callan. Yeah, it's a bit like people say John Drake from the da- from Danger Man is the it, prisoner. Yeah. You know, uh, a named organisation which was often referred to simply as the agency or the company. And he tries to restore his past sins by offering a free of charge uh, service, being a troubleshooter uh, or a protector. And of course, you can find him from the advertisement. Now, I'm not going to hide that. Can you remember what the advertisement said? If you got it, um... no, I can't. Okay, got a problem? Odds against you. Call the equaliser on two one two five 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 four two zero zero. And of course, over in England. Uh, we'd try and dial that number and we'll get through to probably India yeah, and of yeah, course yeah. in America 555 is the international it makes a big it's free who would do it for free really? yeah where did he get his money from yeah where's he got, he got so much money around stash I tell you now in the pilot episode where he opens for business we discover that the nickname Equalizer was bestowed upon him by another operative played by American comedian Jerry Stiller who is the father of but is that Ben Stiller's yep Oh, that's an interesting that's a good waffle on back there you go I'll have to lend you that box you haven't seen this do you want to buy that box set yeah I'll slightly off topic then I'll see it yeah alright right, okay, bring yeah. it tomorrow now um, basically it's obviously it's set in New York and you've got the hoodlums the, as it says on here on this script uh, the hoodlums the rapists the racists the murderers the kidnappers the drug dealers and other truly deserved people who need to be sorted out Basically, that's what it is, isn't it? And it's always some unfortunate family. Some not, what was good about it was just your average normal family. And they, what what they did in this was a bit like what the A team did. There was never really any payment, was there? As you say, he's doing it for free. The A team always did it for free. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So where'd they get the money from? <laughs> yeah, yeah, very really strange. Uh, now McCall, of course, well, there's also a backstory to McCall as well that he's uh, he's classed as a lost dad, and his estranged son is uh, Scott, played by William Zabkat from the film. The Karate Kid. The Karate Kid. Do you remember him in the Karate Kid? He was the nasty kid. He oh. was the one who gets beat at the end. Oh, yeah, yeah. The blonde yeah, yeah. kid, you know. No, not, not the big guy. No, no, no. Now, McCall, of course, also has a uh, daughter that he didn't, he didn't know about until a little bit later on. Um, in many episodes, Robert McCall is assigned certain uh, missions by Control, played by Robert Lanzig. Oh, I quite always remember him. Later episode, Robert Jordan joined the cast as a fellow equaliser, Harley Cage. Now, this was brought on because uh, 
uh, Edward Woodard had a massive heart attack. Yeah, I don't remember that. Yeah, and so I remember watching, thinking, "Hold on, where's where's, where's, where's he gone?" He, he gone? And it weren't that he weren't the same, was he? No, no, not at all. Um, he had uh, uh, Woodward's character McCall had a uh, an aide by Mickey Cosmeyer, which is played by Keith Sowers, <laughs> whatever his name. I'll spell it out: S Z A R. S Z A R A B A J K A. A prize of a badge made by Mr. Kelly to anyone. I've still got to send him badges out, actually, from that competition. Yes. To anyone who can actually say that properly. Fair play. Because oh. I, personally, I would have changed my name. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no agency is going to turn around and say, oh, I've got a great actor, it's Keith, someone. Sorbo, yeah. isn't it? He's an unusual actor, isn't he? Uh, there was other people who came around and called uh, also uh, Mark Margulies, who played another friend of McCall to help him out. Who was the equaliser who came in to help uh, Robert McCall out? When he went, suddenly went missing. Oh, EG, Edward Woodard had a massive heart attack. There was loads of it. Oh. No, one major actor, one big, big actor. He's saying big is in there. That's a clue because he's big. No, I'm saying he was a major Hollywood star. And how many episodes was he in? Only a few. He just took over him for a while. We went Chuck Eston. No, but you're in the almost same ballpark. Oh, think of big. think of Western. Where, uh, Western played a priest in one Western Robert Mitchell yes I, you know just <laughs> as you said that I've had a Proust moment there Ooh, it's um, Proust yeah, it's uh, yeah, um, yeah I remember him now being in it because I, I, I really like Robert Mitchell he's a, he was, yeah. he's a proper tough guy as well and he and you think about it beige beige uh, upturned uh, long trench coat in the equaliser suddenly you think oh, and then when I remember watching it you know, I mean this was towards well, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. No. yeah, well, McCall's primary car was a satin black 1984 Jaguar XJ6 Series 3. His car was upgraded to a 1986 model. Uh, for some reason, it had a third brake light, you know, mm-hmm. and that is the 1988 body. I'm noticing, by the way, that I'm doing that Fagan thing again. You're, you're rubbing your hands together when you're doing it. What was that? You're cold. <laughs> I think I'm concentrating. Oh, that's Which is unusual because I never do it at work. <laughs> so it's not hard, really. Now, the Equaliser had um, before we talk about the guest stars let, let, let's just talk that's about, what made it famous yeah, it, it, it ended up really making it more famous but I mean McCall's basic role in the Equaliser was to get a phone call off someone normally he always looked pissed off because he was sitting at his piano having a glass of wine yeah. maybe going to go on a date and suddenly he'd get all these but he'd also get crank calls he'd get people saying like you know I've lost a dog <laughs> I've lost a cat stuck up a tree and all this kind of stuff but he'd normally go out and but he would always remain totally calm in amazing situations he was a dead shot again like Callan and he had what I think is a, a, a necessity for any flat in New York and a, an amazing armoury which yeah, is hidden true. behind his, his tool shelf in his that flat is true. who has a tool shelf in your flat? no that is true actually <laughs> because it, it seemed to me in the 80s they were really well, well armed in New York and things weren't yeah. they? are they still now? What's, what's, have you been to New York? I've never been no, I'm not, saying, I'm not saying that you went to places where you need to be well armed. <laughs> I could say, well, walking I mean, yeah, walk around Brooklyn. Because, oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, then everyone seems to be able to carry a gun. I don't think that's, I don't think that's the, the same. I mean, when you, I mean, see, Wait, you, I, should, I should ask Sue, Sue Kissingweather who, who does our intro on Waffle. Yeah, but the thing is, what you say, what you're getting into here, it's happening to 80s politics in America because yeah, okay. it's right, they were right wing. It was all, um, it was, uh, you know, everyone was well. You think everything was 80s, you think of Schwarzenegger had loads of guns. Wall Street. Every, it of, yeah. was money, guns, and that was part of that. Mm. And that's why it worked Coke. so much, because it was under Reagan, and they were quite uh, persecuted a lot of people, yeah. you know, they, they were always hard on crime, mm. even though crime escalated under Reagan. Don't want to get into a political thing, but this is the truth. Yeah. And, and I think that's it played into that, that 
you know, every every man, every man's house is his castle, and you, he's got he's got the right to protect his yeah, thing. He's at the church, okay, so and yeah, yeah. Now, do you, do you do you agree with my what I said earlier on about this? The, there seeming to be an almost romantic image of New York at that time. Of course, there was. Do you they, think that's do you think that's because we 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 we're British and we don't? No, no, we, no. It's, we grew up even in. Um, even in it's not a nice place though it doesn't look like a nice, the subway looks like a, a place I wouldn't actually want to go to and well, the obviously but I mean I suppose in the 80s it was really bad because you've got to think you know the great uh, 80s film about New York is The Warriors mm. now it doesn't make uh, New York look that great does it or you think of uh, you know some classic films are going to be obscure films here but like uh, Fort Apache the Bronx Taxi Driver we, yeah Fort yeah. Apache the Bronx Taxi Driver like 70s early 80s <laughs> but then you've got Woody Allen and who made again, it, that's all yeah, but he really. made that's it. He wanted to make it look nice, and that's why I think New York is an amazing. London can be the same. Can't well, you've it? got Richard Curtis for that. Though. You've got you've Richard got Curtis. Hill. And you've now, got... We know Notting Hill is not the nice romantic place. Okay, well, it's a horrible place. It's a horrible place. Isn't it? Yeah, it's not nice at all. It isn't nice. Yet Richard Curtis somehow turns Notting Hill into really this beautifully romantic kind of place. And Woody Allen does that. We admit there are nice places in Manhattan. Obviously, well, man, no, Manhattan's but, you know, but he turns he turns New York around to be. To, I don't know. I mean, it's the thing. I always thought it'd be really cool to go and sit I, I always like the idea and again I know it's because the fact we watch a lot of TV and we watch a lot obviously we do a podcast all and I, but I've always wanted to do that thing where you'd run down those really cool five escapes in the back of people's apartments exactly, I always yeah. thought if burglary must be rife because all you got to do is pull those ladders down sneak into someone's house and they go but there you go that's probably the reason why people carry guns and got shot it's true and the thing is with uh, never specific where he was in no. New York, no, he, was just, he, he didn't know where he was. He, in New York. he, he must have had a nice apartment. Well, yeah, he, he obviously wasn't in apart. Queens and Brooklyn, was he? <laughs> yeah, he obviously wasn't, was he? He's obviously he wasn't. He wasn't doing a Roger Moore. No, you know, no, no, no. Oh, I love that scene. One of my favourite scenes that is where Roger Moore's <laughs> walking through. <laughs> so let's have some guest stars now the show had quite a number of notable guest stars many of whom became major stars within a few years of their appearance there was an 8 year old Macaulay Culkin uh, appeared in one episode as a kidnapped victim 9 year old Melissa Joan Hart oh. appeared as a young girl whom McCall protected from her ex-con father brilliant episodes Christian Slater appeared as a high school student in the episode Joyride He's been. He's had some good cameos. He has, you know. And, he, and, and, and what do we say? He's what been, do we say about uh, Christian Slayer? He's um, he's wanting wanting to play a film about Jack Nicholson. Yeah, because he's got the he's, amazing hair. He's, uh, yeah. Him and uh, who's the, uh, the other Andy Garcia? They both have that kind of hair mm. that hasn't. Yeah, and if you had a brother, it'd be Michael Ironside. That's why I see him. Not that, now, the, king of, the king of the B movies. Yeah, yeah, king of the B movies, yeah. Uh, Kevin Spacey played a corrupt police officer. John Goodman played a single father who was tricked by co worker Joe Morton into taking part in a robbery. Stuart Copeland, he of the theme tune, uh, turned up in a cameo as a pit pocket. Now you're going to do the famous here one. Here we go, now. the famous one. Adamant. Everyone <laughs> played a villain. Everyone, I remember everyone watching that first series they? first series everyone watched that because he was so big at the time Adam yeah. was he's probably the biggest star in the world weren't he oh, yeah. and, and he, he was is. absolutely ridiculous in it but he played he acted really well yeah but was it more ridiculous than Boy George than in, in the 18 <laughs> that was pretty bad yeah Boy George in the 18 was pretty bad wasn't yeah. it uh, yeah Adam Ant played a, 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 an episode that also featured uh, one of your favourite actors mm. uh, J.T. Walsh another actor sadly not really he, uh, he's, a re- he's a really really good actor now one J.T. Walsh one of his last films he did was Breakdown with Kurt 
Russell, wasn't it? Great film. Really good film. Yeah, I don't know David Allen. That's a really good film, that is. David Allen, David Allen Greer, and Laurie Petty and Louis Guzman. Laurie Petty, aka Tank Girl. Tank Girl, great film. Great film. I know, I know people. I know people who are huge fans of the comic book. Yeah, the comic book. But I never read the comic book of Tank Girl, and she's really hot. That's why we watched it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Adam Horowitz. He of the Beastie Boys fame made a rare acting appearance in an episode alongside Alex Winter. Uh, our uh, Lost Boys, uh, Alex Winter, and Bill and Ted. Yeah, and um, they're on about doing another Bill and Ted's, aren't they? Yeah, they Where are. Where they're playing right? la- uh, Las Vegas Lounge singers. I hope that happens. <laughs> yeah, I know that would be good. Uh, other future stars are appearing in the show. I'm just going to read these names out. Some you recognise, some you won't. Uh, Lawrence Fishburne, uh, again, as weird as we were talking earlier on about Apocalypse Now. Lauren Tom, Patricia Clarkson, Jennifer Grey, uh, Laurie Metcalf, Oliver Platt, Patricia Richardson, William H. Macy, uh, Robin Curtis, Steve Buscemi. Uh, you know, these are the ones that I, I, I pick out. I'm just looking directly at you. Uh, Roma Mafia, Olympia Dukakis, uh, Michael Moriarty, Chris Cooper, Michael Rooker, David Strathairn, mm-hmm. Charles S. Dutton, Cynthia Nixon, Bruce Payne, Laura San uh, Guiacamo. Sorry about that. Uh, Al Long, Ving Rhames. Ving, Ving Rhames. I only have a ball, Eddie. I know. I know. We're plastered on the back of his head. Yes. Uh, and and uh, was uh, done by the. Uh, oh, listen. <laughs> <again>. <laughs> Amanda Plummer, uh, Jasmine Guy, and the last one who. Oh, Tony Shalub. Oh, uh, yeah, and wicked. Stanley Tucci. Tucci. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's an amazing cast, really, isn't it? Oh, all those guest stars are absolutely amazing. Um, there's a load of. Now, one thing as well, because he was filmed in New York City. They also took advantage of taking people that was on Broadway at the time, such as Kevin Conway, most well known these days, for being the voice of Batman in the cartoon series and also Wayne, the, the older slightly the cartoon older one, series. Yeah. Uh, and of course, the, the recent um, games. Oh. The two games of Kevin Conway. And also, for, for English uh, fans, Jim Dale turned up in Good it. Old well. Jim Dale. Uh, again, a first series uh, episode. Uh, Jenny Agatha popped up in there as well. I mean, there's just loads of people when you read through these people. Uh, Richard Jordan uh, was in it as well. Yeah, he turned in. Uh, he played uh, Harley Cage in uh, in ten episodes. Uh-huh. Woodward's second wife, Michelle Dutrice, appeared in the central character in season two episode Heartstrings. Her father, Roy Dutrice, also guest starred on the show in season four's Trial by Order. And Edward Woodward's son, actor Tim Woodward, appeared as McCall's father <laughs> in a flashback scene in a, in an episode called Prisoners of Conscious in series four. So let's talk about some of the weapons that he has. Here, his most notable weapon is a ballistic knife that is capable of launching its blade. Yeah, I remember that. Remember that? I remember thinking, what is shooting? That was like, yeah, but he only used that when he lost his gun. Or had to hand his gun uh, down to show it. And he'd always do it when he's lifting the hand up. Yeah. And he always had a trench coat on with black gloves. Yeah, because he's never the most mobile of fighters in that, was he? No. Yeah, he's, he's, a thing, he's up against crap criminals, right? Now, no. Oh, but the thing is, though, he's always, he always won. He always won. So, you've got, loot, really, now, you know what I'm going to do now, now. Okay, so I'm adding now into, the, into, our, into our ring of fight, uh, fighters. We have in these four corners now Bill Shatner, aka mm. Captain Kirk, yeah. Roy Thins, or is it Thinners? Well, we've got it right here, but he's Thinners, but we still call it Roy Thins. As um, David Vincent. David Vincent. Big Pat McGowan. There's number six. Mm, he's a decent guy. He is a decent guy. And now we're going to have Robert McCall, a.k.a. Edward Woodward. Wow. Just with his ballistic knife. He's going to win. Well, and, I think... And he's Walter P.P.K.S. 
He's, uh, uh, he's with a rubberized Pachamea grips in 38 ACP caliber, or the Desert Eagle that he sometimes carries, or a Colt M1911A1 pistol in 0.45 ACP. Now he's a Desert Eagle. Bloody he also hell. has a use Uzi type weapon, yeah. and the one thing is using a Mauser 660. So you can't see this is the 80s, the yeah. 80s. I'm, I've got a feeling, I'm not sorry. It, well, but it, is it all depends if Kirk can do his flying lump. <laughs> Shatner but, can do his... But Shatner <laughs> and Thins had both did the... He had Shatner do the, the flying kick yeah, yeah. with the, with the uh, 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 hand grass back thump <laughs> yeah, yeah. whilst Thinners did the flying over Fly- the fly- flying cabinet. <laughs> have you found that episode? No, yet? I haven't found it. I, I know that is an amazing... Because he did it. He was like horizontal in the air for ages, weren't he? It was a bit like... It's amazing. It's like them cheap Indian versions of Spider-Man. Like, uh, yeah. It's like the classic movie. You didn't mention there. It was Tony Todd in the remake of uh, Night of the Living Dead rolling down the hill. Yeah. <laughs> just roll yeah. down the hill and look at the, what, the zombies like in Spartacus when he was rolling down them. awesome I'm we already down. talked about that it's not that classic that is that classic bit in Fight Club in it who could you fight in any time because I'd love to fight where William Shatner William Shatner yeah, yeah. yeah. because he just his fighting was so amazing weren't he he was because he weren't him a lot of the time anyway I'm going to go from the call just for all those yeah, yeah. Uh, things now as we talked about um, uh, I just want to give this this is actually not directly about the equaliser but I think it's important because I just want to talk about a little bit about Stuart Copeland here um, uh, and this we found out online, so if it's wrong, I blame you. Now, Stuart Copeland, obviously a founder and drummer of rock band The Police. Um, he was an appropriate choice as both of his parents had intelligent connections. His father, in, intelligence, not intelligent, intelligence connections. His father, Miles Copeland Jr., is one of the founding members of the Office of Strategic Services yeah, in World War II, the predecessor yeah. of the CIA, so, yeah, yeah. while his mother, Lorraine Copeland, worked for the British Military Intelligence Bloody so there we go. So but yeah, that is a yeah. Link, so, I think it's pretty good. Now, um, now the Equaliser has been released on DVD uh, in England on Region Two and of course on Region One. Interesting thing is though is that Region Two, our one, has the original music feature in it. A little bit like Only Falls and Horses. Ah, uh, yeah. We have the original one in America though. It's got d- different music in it and slight edits. So there must be a uh, a, a, a trade problem going. There must be. Yeah. Oh. There is at the moment as well. Only. Series one released, not on Blu-ray, not in that. only on DVD, and there's four series we don't. And apparently, good sales. So I don't know why they haven't released them. Yeah, why not just release it in a box set? Because it's never going to get massive, massive sales, is it? Yeah, I mean, I think it's Moonlight is on that. I've got Moonlight. I've got series one and two of Moonlight in, but and you can buy three, four, and five, but just not go around to buy it. It's one of the things where. I want to get them, but there's other things I want to get first. Not me. That's maybe the invaders. I'm watching yeah, series yeah. one. I want to see what's like. Well, I'll get it whenever I've got. Maybe we could get it in a review film. Like yeah, that's one. It's not one of the things you you want it to have it, yeah. but you're not going to you're really not going to watch it even another week, are you? No, it's just no, not going to no. happen, is it? No. But now you can get a box set of Moonlight in. At a pretty good point. Moonlight went downhill really bad at the end as well. It got series really, four was atrocious. It got really all like uh, it got really into itself, didn't it? Mm. You know, really. and maybe that's what maybe that's the problem. The equalizer, the fact that because. Edward would have suffered that massive heart attack. I mean, he was smoking for like 80 cigarettes a day. There's no, there's no <laughs> reason he was going to have a heart attack. Yeah, no question about it. So, I mean, that's why he suddenly stopped smoking and then probably why he put a bit of weight on because of what yeah, yeah. happened. Um, now, there is apparently, uh, in June 2010, uh, Russell Crowe announced that he wanted to bring the equaliser to the big screen with Crowe himself playing Robert McCall. That ain't going to work. What's the point? What's the work. point? It, what, a, a, it just becomes then a vigilante drama. You might as well just watch Death Wish. Or well, watch, yeah, exactly. or watch Born Identity. What is he in that? Someone who's from a secret organisation who don't know what he is. Mm. Or you might as well watch Red. 
that film red that's a sand kind of thing he's said, like, nah it won't no. work it's too British it's too British and also as well it needs it, I'm sick of this thing I mean we talked about this not long ago that there is a certain and the BBC have been guilty of this too with Doctor Who that there's an ageist problem going on in film there always has been I mean and it mainly affects women act- or actresses who turn around and say they get to a certain age and then they've won it's rubbish it's ridiculous thankfully you've got the likes of Helen Mirren uh, you know, yeah, who's, yeah, who's, yeah. who's counteracting that guy, and also to Mel Street as well. Yeah. Who's counter and Judy Dench, Judy like Dench, the one, yeah. all these brilliant actresses that are breaking his mould. Now, McCall is in his well, in his, I mean, Woodward was probably around about 50, Henry was his 60s because yeah. he, he was on it. I'm getting old, he's in his 40s, we did Callum. Yeah. Now, it needs to be an older actor to do it, to get away with it. And the reason why it needs to be an older actor is because you look at an older guy, you think he ain't, he ain't gonna help, exactly. he's not hard, That's true. he's not gonna sort me out, and lo and behold, he does. And that's what he needs. I mean, maybe even someone like Michael Caine, although he gets on my nerves a little bit nowadays. But he could have pulled something like that off. He's not a, he's not in the same league as acting as Edward Woodward. No. But you know what I mean? That kind of age. Terence Stamp, he could do it because Terence Stamp still looks like... Yeah, and he was wicked in the limo. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's amazing in that. Uh, now, I, I'm... <laughs> we've been selling myself short. Um, I want to see Callum back. And I think he could come back. Even as a TV, not as a film, as a TV programme. Because you've had the likes of Spooks and you've had the likes of all these other stuff, but they've not had one that had the same emotion as Callan. And I, I, I'm going to write a pilot for it. I'm going to do it. Okay. I really would like to do it because I think that I think there is a time. I think there is a place for Callan, uh, and it would have to be an older actor again. But it wouldn't yeah, it be man. someone about seventeen. <laughs> no, yeah, speaking in text speak. Yeah, speaking text in it. Yeah, no, no, shooting no, yeah, no. WTA. Anyway, so um. Um, well that's it really that's, uh, that, that's that, that was a proper waffling it was a waffling yeah yeah. anyway we thought the reason why we thought we'd do these two together because uh, one it was about time we did something about talk about Edward Woodward and we will end up doing a Wicker Man yeah so, so, right, right, definitely uh, and I'm, I, as I say I'm a huge fan of Callan but we knew we, wouldn't, we couldn't really do a whole show on and Callum Wonk's fact you haven't seen it in years and no, too often got money it ain't been on the team I don't think it's been repeated has it it's been no. repeated no it hasn't no, no. so let's talk about some of the stuff that we've got right uh, we have a Facebook account please come over there and join us we have to we'll, we'll accept you I know don't worry about that even <laughs> myself will or, or Cal will unless you keep joining and leaving that someone was doing yeah, someone, was doing, someone was doing that yeah no, <laughs> I don't know why he was doing it uh, Twitter you can follow me at Hawkeye Meds please do um, at the moment if anyone's interested there's going to be a link at the bottom of this page because this goes out in two days time Cal so I've got a lot of editing to do I'm doing the charity event called Movember in which basically I have to grow a moustache throughout the whole November no cheating there's no beards involved there's no goatees or anything like that it's just a moustache and um, it's all for um, research and uh, finding cures for prostate and testicular cancer if anybody wants to sponsor me even if it's a pound a dollar not a yen uh, not a euro sorry yeah we don't know euros no euros sorry because it means I'd end up owing you money Um, please do there's going to be a link on the email that I'll send out and also on our main page uh, don't worry obviously if you don't want to but please check the uh, site out and see my attempts at growing a moustache it's not looking too bad is it's it it's looking very good it, does, it, does, it makes you look a lot more seedy <laughs> thank you very much that's, that's alright <laughs> our cheesy song that we played at the beginning before the radio crack was chosen by Mr Stephen Merry you can blame him for that one <laughs> yes you can uh, and Cal what are we going to do for the Christmas edition is it one we've been rumouring for about a year now since I mentioned it last Christmas day when yeah. I text you on Christmas day saying <laughs> I'm watching this film we should do it yeah. the man who would be king no it isn't isn't it no. why not because <laughs> we're doing Monty Pythons the mini <laughs> oh I thought it was the I thought it was the man who would be king no, no the man, the man who would be king good. is March Ma- Ma- March yeah 
See, I've been, I'm out of the loop, see, because I've been all over flying around the world, like a jet setter I am. So, oh, no, I've been alive. Yeah, we've got to do it really for the trilogy, really, haven't we? It is. It's to finish we're not up. doing the. No, we're no, not, not doing not, we're nothing not, completely different. No, we're, we're not, not doing that. Oh, we're not doing that. No, we're not, because they're not really. No, no, I mean that that sketch shows, and we've covered those in their Python episodes anyway. So yes, we are going to be we are going to be doing Man of Be King in March, um, but we are going to be doing for our Christmas episode Monty Python's The Meaning of Life. One, it's got some great sketches. And two, we can actually play It's Christmas in Heaven yeah. as sung by. And it's got one of the best ever beginning songs in it. It has, which let's face it, I can't wait yeah, to play. That's it. just one of the best ever songs about anything ever. So we're going to be uh, that will probably end up being released uh, just before Christmas. It might be released on our normal day, which is the seventeenth of month, which would be your birthday. Mm-hmm. In December, um, so you have plenty of time to send us in your comments, your MP3s, or emails to our Facebook account or to waffle on podcast at gmail.com. Anything you want, you can not necessarily about Monty Python's The Meaning of Life or about any past shows that we've done. Um, please go check out that catalogue, you can find all that on iTunes or on our Podbean website. If you have a little bit of a problem downloading from uh, iTunes, um, just uh, right click on your computer update podcast and try again um, God knows what was happening now I think it was a pod being issue uh, we have now around about 37 episodes so there's plenty there to go back and taste uh, yeah. taste some classic uh, classic waffle ons um, thank you for joining us leave us some reviews on iTunes Cal pleasure to be sitting next to you again not too sure about the, the yeah. bathrobe or that Mexican yeah. mask you're going to take a picture of me masking I am it's, it's going up on the Facebook page tonight <laughs> uh, thanks for joining us and we'll see you next month for Christmas big up Bang on. Big Brother? No. Survivor? No. The Office? Angela, then what do we talk about? Gaming, sci-fi, fantasy, and geek stuff. Really? Yes. Cool. (laughs) I'm Jen. And I'm Angela. And you need to listen to the Anomaly Podcast, where female and fandom converge. Find us online at anomalypodcast.com. That's A-N-O-M-A-L-Y podcast.com. Attention, attention, it's finally here, the first and only podcast dedicated to one of the most groundbreaking television series in history, MASH. Join the hosts of MASH 4077 Podcast, Kenny, Meds, and Al, as they discuss their thoughts episode by episode. They will also share with you some little-known behind-the-scenes information, trivia, and so much more. Find them on iTunes by searching MASH 4077 Podcast or online at www.mash4077.podbean.com. Hello, I'm Meds. You're not Meds. (laughs) And I'm Kel. You're not Kelly, though. I don't even sound like him, do I? I'm trying to. Yeah, I'm I sound not like sure. the Geico lizard. Yeah. Sorry, I don't mean to do that. Anyway, hey, we love Waffle On. Waffle On's fun. I just love the podcast. Meds and Kel, you're so cool. By the way, this is Rick. And this is Amy, and we are the hosts of Take Him With You. It's the weekly podcast where we discuss our geeky Moyer home. Yes, we are geeky. And we're really fun, though. We talk about our faith and how it relates to the world around us. And I absolutely love Star Trek heavy metal music. It's just too much fun. And I tolerate Star Trek and don't like heavy metal music at all. (laughs) What do you like? 
I like reading and quiet music and home and garden TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You like some of British sci-fi stuff, right? You know, I do like some sci-fi. I, I really do, but um, just I'm not as passionate about it as you are. That's okay. We lived we've lived together for 24 years, and uh, it's okay. Opposites attract, and we're still we're we're still married, eh? Yeah. Eh? Yeah. That's Canadian. That's not English. Oh well. I say we go have a cup of tea. In, indeed. Indeed. Indubitably. Indubitably. I can't even say that. You do like tea, though. I do like tea. Yes. Earl Grey. Hot. Well, anyway, if you get a chance to listen to our podcast, do so. It's at takehimwithyou.com, or you can find us on iTunes. Just look up Take Him With You. And you can hit the little subscribe button, and it's free. Yep. So thanks, Meds and Kel. Have a great day, and uh, thanks for uh, letting us do our promo. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Tea time. 